Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Guests of the Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Neil Young with a little bit of his political commentary. Is the United States in danger of real societal violence along racial, religious, and political lines? I've heard that talked about a lot, a lot, in the last week. And if you look at the last week in the United States, I've heard this one asked a great deal. Is Donald Trump in control as president of the United States are increasingly losing control? Is violence going to spread throughout the U.S.? Most Americans blame politics for the violence, which left a GOP House leader in critical condition. That's Rasmussen polling uh, information. 61% of Democrats believe Trump did not win the election fairly. I'm surprised it's only 61%. At week's end, uh, Mr. Trump's approval rating, according to Rasmussen, was at 50%, and that's very high uh, for the president, at least as far as his approval ratings are concerned most recently. And then there are the Democrats who are consistently talking about impeachment. And on and on it goes. We have um, Trump's lawyers in debates with television personalities on Sunday morning TV. And then there was this. After the shooting of the Republican congressman at the baseball practice, one idiot by the name of Mary Ellen Kane wrote on Facebook, and we talked about this yesterday, and it's one, two, three shots, you're out of the old ball game. And that post had 13 reactions, and most of them were likes or ha-has. Now, a year ago, when we were talking about the primaries and we were talking about the upcoming election in the U.S., there was such a Huge amount of support for Donald Trump on this show from Canadians. And, of course, our American callers were were coming in on it as well. But it was virtually unanimously supportive of Donald Trump. And now he's the president of the United States. And the country looks very different to us. And we have concerns. 
about what we're seeing happening to our southern neighbor. How much of this is spontaneous? How much of it is programmed? How much of it comes from those with an agenda that they're going to fulfill, regardless of what happens to whom? I don't know, but I do know this. I have a lot of respect for Fran Coombs, the managing editor for RasmussenReports.com, RasmussenReports.com. Fran was also a senior editor, the editor of the Washington Times for many years, so he understands the situation in Washington. He understands the, the, uh, the halls of power. He understands what's going on in the city. Fran, it's great to have you back. Thank you, Roy. Glad to be back on your show. You know, on November the 8th, on the night of November the 8th, when Donald Trump won the election, I didn't know what to expect going forward. I figured there would be complaining and whining, and of course we've seen that, we've heard it. Uh, but I And I expected there would be protests, and I expected there would be, uh, Democrats would be very hard to, um, to quiet down. But I didn't expect to see what we're seeing now. So am I seeing what's really going on, or am I seeing what media organizations want me to see in order for me to receive a message they want me to receive? Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I hesitate to equivocate, but I think you're seeing a, a bit of both. I mean, certainly the media, I think, is flogging this thing. The Democratic Party, as you and I have discussed before, is pretty empty of ideas. I mean, they, as you know, in the eight years under Obama, they lost governorships, they lost legislatures, they've, you know, they've of course, lost the House and the Senate. Um, they're, they're largely a party without an agenda and without leadership. I mean, all their leaders are geriatrics. Um, the media, I think many of the traditional media outlets in this country, and I'm certainly not the only one in saying this, a lot of the commentators have noted this, uh, has kind of started to fill in as the opposition party. Uh, so now the New York Times and the Washington Post, CNN, they're, they're actually the real Democratic Party now. They're the ones that are running against the conservatives, running against the Republicans. Uh, so I think there's no question that they are they have an agenda that they're firing off a lot of very questionable news stories by the standards measured by the standards that we used to have in that profession. Uh, so there's certainly that going on, but there's also there's face it there is a lot of division in this country uh, that has been fostered largely by politicians, but um, it's been going on for a long, long time, and it's just gotten worse. Is there? Uh... I have a friend who lives in the U.S. who has been in touch with me, and I, I ask, you know, what's going on? Really, what's happening? And and his response was, we're on the edge. So what does on the edge mean? He said we're on the edge of social chaos on a nationwide level. Is he right? Is he wrong? Well, I mean... By all the indicators I see, uh, you know, I think he's probably right. Uh, I'm hoping he's not. Uh, but I think, I think Obama, and again, we've discussed this on your show, I think Obama spent virtually the entire eight years of his presidency trying to divide Americans every way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, his rhetoric uh, and his friends in the media would have you believe otherwise, but it was always black versus white, gay versus straight, cops versus people on the street. Uh, you know, Divide and conquer. Poor. Right, and so they, so basically, the country is already was already kind of on edge with every you know every grievance group in the country now. Every hyphenated group in America now has a grievance organization and is filing lawsuits and is challenging and wants rights for this, that, and the other. Uh, and so there's a lot of social tension in the country. Now that said, the overwhelming majority of people 
live their lives day to day and don't dwell on this stuff. I mean, face it, people are still celebrating Father's Day today, and people are still packing restaurants and packing movie theaters and going to ball games and everything else. So uh, it's not like, I mean, I'm not scared about getting in my car and driving to the local mall. Uh, I really am not. And the people I know, uh, the vast majority of people I know are living their lives completely normally. But there is no question that in the political arena, uh, there is a great deal of tension being fostered. And I think you're also saying, I think a lot of people are tuning out the news. Uh, you, our industry, you know, we feed on this stuff, you feed on it, I feed on it because it's our jobs, and we have to have our faces in it all the time. But I think a lot of people are just tuning this stuff out. They, they, I mean, for example, Trump supporters in all our surveys, they're not backing off at all. They think the guy's doing a great job. Uh, the people that have drunk the anti-Trump Kool-Aid, of course, they hate every movie makes. Uh, and uh, but I, I, you know, I don't think really ultimately that most people that voted for Trump uh, are unhappy with what he's doing. Mm. I think they think he's doing exactly what he said he would do. There's so much. I'm going to protect my turfism going on Wednesday morning. Could have been a mass murder bloodbath had the Capitol Police not been present and had that 66-year-old maniac been a better shot. I mean, people have talked about that. He didn't really know how to use the weapon. He he wasn't a good shot. So thank God. So it could have been a mass murder and bloodbath. And the left almost immediately began to bring up the issue of easy firearms access in the United States. And that said to me... What's that? The the gun control crowd, you know, I mean, if if somebody... I mean, these are the same people that spend hundreds of millions of dollars making movies that glorify guns, uh, and then they turn around and pour hundreds of millions of dollars trying to try to take the guns away from the average American. Yeah, but uh, is it too far, Russ? I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm watching. I'm looking from from the north, and we have our own issues here, but not. Not as significant, I, I don't think, societally as, as you're facing in the United States. And much is said about the fact there are 300, 300 million firearms in the U.S. And, 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 and the country, as my friend in the state says, is on edge. Um, is, there, is there room for, 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 for people to come together? Is there room for the America that I saw when I was growing up to come back and be what it is? Or, again, I'm going to say to you again, am I just being influenced and I don't watch CNN. I haven't watched them for the longest time. I can't take it anymore. I, I don't watch MSNBC because I t- can't take it anymore. But I watch other uh, news channels in the U.S. And it just seems that I'm being constantly peppered with the same message. So is the U.S. Can, – can America come back to what, what I always saw it as as a young man? Or has it really not changed? And is it, I'm going back to an earlier question. Is it just the, the news media – who's hammering me with a message that I'm supposed to see the U.S. Um, with the, uh, as Americans at each other's throats. Right. Well, I, I don't think, no, to be honest with you, I don't think there's ever going to be the America that I grew up in. Sad to say. I wish I could say that for my kids, but it isn't going to happen. Uh, they've grown up. I mean, our education system is in shambles. The left targeted our education system, and our kids are uh, don't get the education that they used to get, that we used to get. Uh, there's not a lot of their knowledge base is very narrow. I mean, I've done polls. Roy, where I've asked, do you think most Americans can find North Korea on a map? And some huge percentage of Americans said, no, I don't think most Americans can find North Korea on a map. Mm-hmm. That's what they think of their other their fellow citizens. Mm-hmm. They don't think when the Scottish refer, Scottish independence referendum was going on, I asked, do you think, and, and I think over 50% of Americans questioned whether their fellow Americans could find Scotland on a map. Yeah. 
I mean, so, you know, they, that's what you're talking about. Now, I am. With, with regards to guns, that is, so, that is such an inflammatory issue, and the left and the news media exploits that to death. But the thing I find fascinating is that, you know, you hear the much maligned National Rifle Association, but has anybody who's a member of the National Rifle Association ever committed a violent act with a gun? I, I would suggest no. Because if one guy did it, if one NRA member committed a crime with a gun, it would be on the front page of the New York Times from now until the end of time. Yeah. It would be the lead story on CNN from now I until the end of time. I don't think guns are bad things, by the way. I never have. Well, you know, guns I, are tools. I grew up at a time when you know people hunted and things like that, and nobody yeah. thought, a word, thought a thing about it. You know they didn't I, have mass shootings. You, you know, yeah. something just occurred to me, and I bet you I'm going to see emails. And it's going to, when I said, will the United States ever return to what it was, what I saw it as being when I was a young man? Oh, Green, you wanted to go back to a white-dominated uh, United States because that's the default position of the people who can't hear what I'm saying. What, in fact, I'm saying is the United States had a global leadership that we looked up to and respected. The United States was a template for success, be it societally be it, uh, and you had problems. Obviously, you had problems. Every society has problems. But you had militarily, politically, it was, we were lucky that we were on the side of the United States and not the evil empire run by those doer looking um, thrill killers in, in Moscow. Right. But, right. See, the, the left, it's always been fascinating to me throughout my life how there, that there are people in the United States that truly believe the United States is the worst country on the planet. Yeah, what's with that? And, and I just, it's like, what, what world do you live in? I mean, you know, there are more freedoms in the United States. There is more opportunity in the United States. The United States, in my humble opinion, has done more good for the world than any other nation in the history of the world. And yet there is the Democratic Party in this country, which is a party has built its, its, its what successes it has on, the, on victimization, goes out there every day. Obama spent eight years preaching, you know, and apologizing for the United States. Now, yes, you're absolutely right. The United States has done things that we shouldn't be proud of. Uh, slavery, certainly, although I will note that we got rid of slavery 100, you know, 150 plus years ago. Okay. And, and, and most blacks in this country are doing darn well. Uh, and, and, and compared to what, where they came from, for example, uh, then, you know, Native Americans, no, we didn't treat them well either. But when you look at the history of the world, to, you know, to the victors belong the spoils. That's certainly not unique to the United States. And when you look how we rebuilt Germany and Japan after World War II, when you, we, you look how we protected, largely protected the world from communist aggression for decades, um, and it's fascinating to me that all of these countries in Europe and elsewhere that whine about Trump and whine about the United States, who's the first person that they turn to when they're at a jam? If they have an earthquake, if they have a military threat, if Ebola breaks out, whatever. Who is the first person that the entire world, first country that the entire world turns to for money, expertise, et cetera, et cetera? It's always the United yeah, States. And yeah. yet these same people complain about the United States Friend, all the time. I have to take a quick break, and I don't think they really need to turn to the United States because the United States volunteers to be there, usually, right. before they can even exactly. ask. So, right. but, but it's the internal strife that is being talked about in the U.S. that has so many people concerned, and I'm wondering whether the man who's in, sitting in the Oval Office um, is doing all he should be doing, all he could be doing, to ease the tension 
or whether he's exacerbating what's going on, which is, of course, the argument of Nancy Pelosi when she's not singing, this land is your land, this land is my land. And Oh, my God. We'll come back in a minute. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I just uh, received one of those messages you don't want to receive from your computer. Display driver stopped working. And that was followed by the dreaded blue screen. So, for the 742nd time, could we please replace this monitor in the studio? Please? (laughs) I ask and I ask and I ask and it's... Oh, you know, he grew up in the era of the manual typewriter. He didn't know that that's normal. Yeah, he do, no. <laughs> oh, my Fran Coombs is with me. I always, always feel good talking to Fran, managing editor of RasmussenReports.com. You can, uh, you can uh, sign on to Rasmussen's uh, regular reports about what's going on in the United States and the polling that they do. It didn't cost you anything. Just go to RasmussenReports.com. Dot com. Fran, is Donald Trump doing everything he can do? No. Right. I mean, look, the question is really, is, is, is Trump the product of all this, or is he the guy that's causing all of it? And I think to some degree, um, I think there's a, a very high level of frustration among the kind of people who voted for Trump. Uh, they, they vote Democrat. They get what they don't want. They vote Republican. They get what they don't want. The Republicans say, hey, give us the House and we'll stop Obamacare. Give us this. We, oh, we can't do it without the Senate. Oh, we can't do it without the White House. These people all vote. They vote for the Republicans. They vote for the so-called conservative candidates, and they get sold out. I think there's – so those voters are extremely frustrated. I mean, for those voters, eight years of Obama was like eight years in purgatory, uh, a guy who basically – felt America was a second-rate nation, a guy who was basically trying to use the government to redistribute wealth, uh, a guy who believed in more and more big government, uh, a guy who didn't really believe in America's leadership role. Um, that, you know, Barack Obama was an, anathema for, was anathema for an enormous part of the American population, and they didn't see a Jeb Bush uh, or a Mitt Romney four years before that as any kind of viable alternative. Mm-hmm. And so what did we get? We got Trump. And there's no question that Trump has rough edges, but yeah. he's a tough guy. Fran, do you I'm have a sure, do you have a few I'm minutes sure that some of these other guys could have stood up to the yeah. kind of barrage that Trump do is you, making from the left. Do you have a few minutes longer to stay with us? Sure, sure. Okay, let me uh let me ask the studio to put you on hold right now. And uh, then we will come back and we'll talk more with Fran Coombs, the managing editor of Rasmussen Reports, about what's going on in the United States. The polling tells you one thing. Other people tell you another. The media have a third story. Where's the truth? And is America in trouble? Is the United States in trouble? Is the society in trouble? We'll come back and talk more. Stay with us. Direct. Hard-hitting. No holds barred. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
You know, when I uh, turn on American television, I hear the word Russia more than I hear United States sometimes. It seems to me that I hear Russia, Russia, Russia. And I'm not actually listening to or watching the television stations that are really uh, fixated on, on Russia. But there is now the former FBI director, Robert Mueller, who is uh, conducting an independent review of whether or not the Trump campaign had any kind of relations with, uh, with Russia during the American election campaign. And there are those who are saying, well, Mueller's the wrong guy because he likes Obama and he likes Comey and he's hired a whole crew of lawyers who are inclined to probably want to pursue Donald Trump in a negative manner. So well, what all is going to happen? Fran Coombs is the managing editor of a senior editor, managing editor of Rasmussen Reports and a former editor of the Washington Times newspaper. And he's with us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Fran was with us throughout the primaries and throughout the election campaign and uh, just provided some incredible perspectives of, uh, of what's going on. So, Fran, on this whole idea of Russia and Russian involvement in the American election and the Russians being responsible for Hillary Clinton's dark glasses and the Russians being responsible for anything and everything that could possibly go wrong and the Russians being engaged with uh, Donald Trump and he being engaged with them and and now there's the Mueller's investigation. What's the true objective here and what do you expect? What does your instinct as a, as a newsman tell you? What's what's going to come out of all of this? Well, first of all, Roy, I have no idea where this Russia thing is going. I mean, to me, it's complete nonsense. And I think to a lot of Americans, it's complete nonsense. I mean, basically, this is, as I was saying earlier, uh, this is a party that has a, a national party that has no agenda. Uh, the Democratic National Party has no agenda. So basically, all it has is no and Russia. Uh, and so uh, the, this whole Russia thing is being constantly being fed by the media. Being it's just you know new revelations by the media, and then uh, the, the politicians all get nervous, and so they throw a little money out, or somebody calls for a special prosecutor, or whatever. I have no idea where it's going to go. I mean, there's been absolutely no proof that a single vote was moved by the Russians. Uh, there's so far as we know, even Comey says that. Uh, Trump himself was not under investigation, uh, and there's no indication that he is under investigation. Uh, but this is politics 101, and how long it's going to go or where it's going to lead, I don't have a clue. There are people who suggest that there is a shadow government in place, and the shadow government is being run by Barack Obama, whose residence is in Washington, I understand, and that Mr. Obama, with uh, with with his legions of supporters, is in fact organizing and orchestrating the anti-Trump campaign and anti-Trump movement uh, in the United States. Is there anything even remotely possibly true to that? No, I don't believe that. I do believe that there are Obama administration holdovers who are leaking stuff. I believe that the the traditional major media in this country is overwhelmingly liberal Democrat uh, and progressive and uh, that I, I believe that a lot of these anonymous, called anonymous sources, are them just talking to each other. I mean, as you know, Comey himself refuted uh, a major, the major New York Times story that kicked off the whole Russia thing, and also uh, both CNN and ABC had to retract stories that they had done on the basis of Comey's testimony. 
Um, I think this I think it's, this thing is just being fed by Trump's opponents, and it's just kind of a circular thing. Uh, and it's just gonna we're gonna we're just gonna have to see how it plays out. Uh, Trump doesn't help himself from time to time with some of his tweets, as we know. But as I said earlier. I think if if this was a Jeb Bush or a traditional Republican, that he would have already wilted uh, and probably surrendered and resigned under the fire from the mm-hmm. media. And if there's Trump's going to fight this out to the bloody end. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that if he runs in 2020, and I don't know what's going to happen between the end of 2017 or the middle of 2017 and the, and the vote in 2020, but I have a feeling he's got a more than good chance of being reelected uh, because the people, the people who voted for him, as you said earlier, see no real reason not to vote for him again. Or is that? Am I understanding that correctly? Right. So far, I would say that's true. And I think also, look, people. You know, if you're not a professional politician, if you're not in the professional resistance, if you will. Uh, you, you, you get inured to all this stuff. I mean, how much negativity can you take? After a while, it's just, oh, they're crying wolf again. Uh, I mean, and what did people see? People saw these congressmen shot, and all that happened within 10 days after a left-wing comedian posted photos of herself holding Donald Trump's yeah. bloodied head. Uh, and, and the New York Times and that ilk all praised a, uh, a play in New York that depicted the assassination of Trump. Uh, they don't, you know, they they see where the people see where this stuff is coming from, uh, and whether they feel strongly about Trump or not, most people measure their lives by money in their pocket. How, how's their job going? Can they sell their house? Can they buy another car? Uh, and the economy down here is doing quite well, actually, uh, certainly compared to the way it was under Obama. Uh, and you know, Obamacare, for example. I mean. If, if the Republicans do nothing, Obamacare is still going to come a cropper. It's a disaster. Uh, so all these things, I mean, somebody's even said, you know, what the Republicans ought to do is just step back and let Obamacare play out. Um, and we're already seeing, you know, the insurance companies bailing out of states, rates skyrocketing, all this kind of stuff. So uh, taxpayers can't afford all this stuff, this crazy stuff that the left's trying to do. Um but I think I think if Trump just stays the course, it'll be interesting to see where we are three years from now. Now there is the issue of uh, keeping certain countries off the list of countries that are allowed to have people move from those countries to the United States. In other words, obtain media uh, visas. That is before the Supreme Court of the United States, and the left says it's a it's a Muslim ban, and the right says no. It's uh, the president keeping uh, the United States safe from countries with a history of or a record of uh, exporting terrorism. Once you get the Supreme Court of the country involved in a cornerstone agenda piece for the president, does that not weaken the president's position if he happens to lose at the Supreme Court no, level? No, not at all. I mean, it's the high court of the land. I mean, if, if, if the left wants to fight this all the way up to – I mean, again, the courts have been – Packed with judges that invent the law. I mean, look, look where, look where Trump's running the ground. His his plan is running the ground in the Ninth Circuit, which is the West mm-hmm. Coast Circuit. It's the most overturned appeals court in the country. It's packed with left wing judges. Uh, so, you know, Trump's opponents know to play to that court. They know that's where they're going to get the answer that they want. They're going to get the rulings they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but face it, Trump's opponents, even if the Supreme Court upholds his ban, they'll just demonize the Supreme Court. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, they, they demonize all the institutions. That's the way these people operate. They, they're dividing the country. 
they're, they're saying, of course it's not a Muslim ban, but they say it's a Muslim ban. Why? Because they want to drive a wedge between law-abiding Muslims and other Americans. Everything that, everything that the Republicans do or Trump does is racist, sexist, homophobic, blotty, blotty, blah, which never has any bearing on reality, but that's how those folks operate. Keep emotions running high. I uh, spoke with the university professor who was Barack Obama's advisor on immigration matters, and he, I spoke with him twice on this program, and both times he said he believes uh, Donald Trump's ban on uh, those seven initially now six countries is completely constitutional and that uh, Mr. Trump's uh, Trump is working within the Constitution. He had every right to make the decision that he made. But well, let's come full circle in the two minutes here we have left, Fran, and thank you so much for taking the extra time. Uh, again, to looking at how we see the United States from Canada, maybe how much of the rest of the world sees the United States. You've had such a tremendous leadership position for for decades, for generations. And now there is, as someone uh, tweeted or not, uh, emailed a while back, what I'm worried about is a whole series of Baltimores developing in the United States over race relations, over political discord, over just the unhappiness in the U.S. Yeah, Roy, it's not out of the question. Feelings are running high, and as I said, Trump's political opponents are, again, this is, this is what we saw during eight years of Obama. I mean, does anybody in their right mind think that it's a good idea to demonize the police? I mean, are there bad apples in the police department? Sure. Uh, there are bad apples in every facet of life. But, I mean, the police, they're on, they're, they're on the borderline out there, okay, between us and them. And those folks, they have to do a darn hard job, and yet... I mean, basically, by the close of Obama's presidency, you would think that every cop in America was a bad guy. Yeah. That's just not, you know, that's yeah. not leadership. A president doesn't do that. That divides the nation. And unfortunately, we're still trying to recover from that. Fran, it's always uh, educational, and it's always a privilege to speak with you. Thank you so much for the time. Always a pleasure on my part, too, Roy. You have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You too. Fran Coombs is the managing editor of Rasmussen Reports. Joining us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, I'll ask the studio if you would again please just drop that line for me, and then we can continue with what we're doing. I have a question for you at 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. A lot of people in this country have a, have a great deal of affection for the United States, great deal of affection for America. There are the America haters. They've been around forever. Um, but there are many people who have a tremendous amount of affection for the U.S., and I think rightly so. The U.S. has had the back of Western democracies for generations. I know you're going to send me lots of emails and point out where they've interfered and done this wrong and done that wrong. Would you rather have lived behind the Eastern Wall in Germany? I know. I say wall, and you're going to send me more emails. Anyway, one eight hundred two six three twenty four. I can't say anything anymore. 1-800-263-2428 is my number. Do you think the United States is, as a society, on the edge of chaos and turmoil and violence, societally? And I, I just, uh, mind's eyes, he's Baltimore. And Fran said that's not out of the not out of the not out of the possible. 
do you see the United States as being on the edge of absolute turmoil and societal breakdown? 1-800-263-2428. And if you supported Donald Trump heading toward November the 8th of last year, and the vast majority of you who called the program over a period of nine months as we talked our way through the primaries in the election campaign, the vast majority of you supported Donald Trump with a tremendous amount of passion. Has Donald Trump satisfied your expectations, or has he failed your expectations? So is the U.S. on the, on the verge of societal collapse and violence? And has Donald Trump satisfied your expectations or failed your expectations? one 800 263 2428. Tell me what you think.